Hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning, middle of the week, the 2nd of August 2023, Wednesday morning. Daniel Pedgrew here for the course of the next hour. Good to be with you. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. Or you can send a text 0457 736 736 or before breakfast with Vossie and Copes, uh, Trent Copeland through SEN 1170 in Sydney. Pat and Heels coming up for a listers in Queensland in an hour's time. Lot to get through today. Some rugby league news, some suspension news, there's some uh, news around the Women's World Cup as well. Some interesting games uh, being played yesterday. Maddie Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne, will join me in about 15 minutes to discuss some of the big issues of the week, including Buddy Franklin's retirement. We'll get his take. And uh, the Melbourne Storm story has been sort of dominating headlines in New South Wales and Queensland over the past couple of days. Billy Slater has had his say uh, over the past 24 hours. We know Cameron Smith had his say the other day as well. Uh, we'll get his take on it and see how much news it's been making in Melbourne, if at all. Uh, and happy to hear from you, as always, on the show. one 1170 or you can text 0457 736 736. It's Wednesday morning. It is two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, let's get to some of the news of the day and we'll be interested to get your take on some of these. Let's start at South Sydney slash the Bulldogs. Uh, South Sydney boss Blake Solly has hit back at suggestions from Canterbury head of football Phil Gould that Rabideau's superstar Latrell Mitchell is yet to stand up on the big stage. Now, Solly, uh, as they prepare their club, his club prepares to take on Cronulla uh, in Perth on Saturday night, pointed out that Mitchell had won two grand finals and been an integral part of the New South Wales side that have won State of Origin series in recent years. Uh, he hasn't been able to get South Sydney over the line yet, but Solly is confident that that day is fast approaching as the Rabbitohs make a charge towards the finals. So Solly said, I think Latrell's track record speaks for itself. He has won Origin Series. He has won two Grand Finals. He has won a World Cup. We have no doubt that he can and will perform on the big stage. To be honest, Phil Gould's criticism of other clubs is being coming tiresome. We will just get on with making the rest of the season as successful as it can be. We believe in our squad and believes to uh, and coaches to deliver success. Now, Gould's public questioning of Mitchell's ability to deliver the Rabbitohs to Premiership comes a week after he poured down on Brisbane's capacity to win the title. So Phil Gould said uh, the other night on Channel 9's 100% footy, Latrell's good. When the ball falls Latrell's way, he is a powerful runner. He makes people miss. He has some trick shots. He has some long passes. But Latrell hasn't done it at the business end of the season. Souths haven't done it at the business end of the season. I don't think they are anywhere near in premiership winning form at the moment, not even in the same postcode. He has these brilliant individual moments and he loves all this. He loves the crowds. He loves being out there in the country. It's all great. Put him on the big stage in front of 50,000 people in a preliminary final and he hasn't done it yet. That is where he has to do it. He still has that to do that part and he hasn't done it yet. Um, he also did go on to say, look, Latrell is an outstanding footballer. Uh, this is an interesting one from Phil Gould. 
just like his criticism of the Broncos last week. And we saw what the Broncos did last Thursday night against the Roosters. Broncos, along with the Panthers, clear premiership favourites at the moment for mine. Now, whether you think South Sydney are capable of winning the competition or where they are at the moment in terms of the competition this year, probably put that to one side. Um, Now, we know Latrell Mitchell wasn't part of the South Sydney side that made the grand final in 2021 that ended up losing to the Penrith Panthers. Um, But on 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 do you agree with Phil Gould that Latrell is yet to stand up on the big stage? I, I don't. Look, I know he's come over to the South Sydney Rabbitohs and he hasn't won a competition with them. Um, and he has been missing for a lot of their finals. That we know. But, and I know they haven't won a grand final with him there. Or made a grand final with him there. They were in the 2021 one, as I just said. But to say he hasn't stood up on the big stage, uh, when he was at the Roosters in 18 and 19, won two premierships. He was an integral part to the Roosters winning that premiership in 2019. Uh, setting up that flick pass to uh, Luke Keary, who sent the ball to Tedesco to score the match-winning try. I think it's a little harsh from Phil Gould to say Latrell hasn't stood up on the big stage yet. Yes, he hasn't won a competition with South Sydney yet, but there is still time for that. Um, what do you make of these comments? South fans, Roosters fans. Uh, I know there's a lot of hate for, uh, well, not a lot of love for Latrell Mitchell from Roosters fans, but surely we can all say that he has stood up on the big stage. Yes. Now, would you want more from Latrell Mitchell at South Sydney? Of course you would. Of course, South fans and South coaches, everyone at South would love to see Latrell Mitchell stand up in the next eight weeks to take them to the premiership. And I wouldn't put it past him to be able to do that. There is criticism that Latrell goes missing in games at times, and that's fair enough. But to say he's not stood up on the big stage, uh, I think is a little harsh. Your thoughts, one three hundred oh one. 1170 or 0457 736 736. Latrell Mitchell, has he stood up on the big stage? I think he has. And when we're talking about people standing up on the big stage, give me some clutch players. Give me some of those players in the past that have managed to stand up on the big stage, maybe turn a club around to win a grand final. Those players that can just enjoy those moments, thrive on those big moments. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Your thoughts on all of that? Uh, North Queensland's hopes of playing finals football have taken a massive hit, with star centre Valentine Holmes rubbed out for the rest of the regular season after he was banned for four matches at a bizarre judiciary hearing last night. Holmes would have missed three games if he pleaded guilty to a Grade Two careless high tackle challenge on Gold Coast Jaden Campbell when he jammed in and shouldered him to the head, but tried to have the punishment downgraded to a fine. It was the second week in a row that the Queensland star was sin-binned and charged for a similar incident, although he avoided a ban for the first shot on Mitch Moses. The panel of Paul Simpkins and Tony Pulatua sat through a strange 60-minute hearing and were unanimous in their decision to uphold the Grade 2 charge, with Holmes now unavailable to play unless the Cowboys finish in the top eight. Um, players have regularly disputed the grading of charges, but this case didn't follow the script with judiciary, um, with the judiciary chairman's uh, scolding defence uh, several times for not following the proper process. So Valentine Holmes out for four weeks, and the Cowboys, who had won six in a row coming in 
to last week's loss against the Titans. Now without Val Holmes, they're sitting in eighth position. It's, it is an interesting one for the Cowboys. They were the form team. And look, it's only one loss. But to lose Val Holmes, who is an integral part of their team for four weeks, it's risky. They can't afford to lose too many more matches, especially with teams underneath them probably coming to get them. And you look at their draw, they've got the Broncos this Saturday at three. Uh, that one at home. They also have the Sharks also at home next Thursday, followed by the Dolphins at Suncorp in Brisbane, and they finish things off with the Panthers. So we know the Sharks haven't been in great form, but that's a tricky run home. The Dolphins, you'd imagine, will be up for that game, and the Panthers, always hard to beat, even if they do maybe rest some players for the final round. Interesting one. What happens to the Cowboys now over the next five weeks without... Valentine Holmes, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Um, four games he is out for. They do uh, have the bye, though, in the middle of that, in between the Broncos and the Sharks game. It's in two weeks' time they're playing uh, the Sharks. So they do get two points there. That will help them. But no, Val Holmes, your thoughts on that? one 1170 Also today, we'll get to some new bids for a couple of different cities that want to host Magic Ground as well. Latrell Mitchell, has he stood up at the big stage? Do you agree with Phil Gould that he hasn't? I don't. What do you reckon? The Cowboys, can they still make the top eight without Val Holmes? And plenty more coming up. one 1170 is our phone number. You can text 0457-736-736. We'll update you on the Women's World Cup shortly as well. But on the other side of this, we'll cross to Melbourne and speak to host of Tradies News in Melbourne, Maddie Cox. It's 10 past five. Maddie Cox in Melbourne in just a second. Also last night at the judiciary, we mentioned Valentine Holmes, but Jack DeBallon, Dragons Jack DeBallon, uh, says he is bitterly disappointed after he... He was suspended for four matches after he failed in his bid to have a dangerous contact charge downgraded at the NRL judiciary. So four weeks for Jack DeBallon, four weeks for Val Holmes as well as we cross to Melbourne. Now on SEN, SEN. it's time to trade towns. And good morning to you, part-time. Hello, Matty. I hear you've had a wonderful Wednesday uh, so far. It can only go... Well, if this 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 is peak time, isn't it? It's great to be here. Um, I'm sure you're delighted. Happy Wednesday. All I will say is... Yeah. Studio etiquette. To whoever was in Studio One last night mm-hmm. here at SEM, mm-hmm. I'm coming for you. Okay. We'll All leave right. it at that. The warning has... Oh, jeez. Yes. They, they should be worried. Very worried. Shaking in them boots. Exactly. Uh, how are you, Dan? Be. I'm very well. How are you, Matty? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, despite the microphone not being plugged in when we kicked things off this morning. But anyway. That's only a small thing. You don't really need that in radio <laughs> no. too much. Uh, been, been a big week, though, hasn't it? We'll get to a lot of the Melbourne Storm stuff in a moment. But probably the big news outside of the cricket and the Women's World Cup and everything else going on, uh, the retirement of Buddy Franklin. And we were only talking about this, was it last week or two weeks ago, that there were Rumours that he might even continue on to next year. You didn't really believe them. And then, of course, he picked up that injury over the course of the weekend. And now he's uh, a career over and done with just like that. Yep. We'll never see him grace the field again after 354 games. 1,066 goals. It's still extraordinary. And that night that uh, he kicked the 1,000th goal at the SCG Mm. last year will be remembered 
forever against uh, the Cats. He's been phenomenal. Not only from when you look at the the stats and the, and the numbers and the um, acknowledgements that he's had over the journey. He's been a four-time Coleman medalist, which is our leading goal kicker award. He's been a 13-time leading goal kicker for his club, six times at the Hawks and seven at Sydney. Hawthorne best and fairest, eight-time All-Australian, including the captain of that side mm. in 2018. Only uh, one of five players to have been named in eight AFL All-Australian teams, alongside some great names. Fourth most overall for goals kicked in our competition. Forget all those numbers if you can for a moment, because mm. the, the way that he actually played the game was so unique. And, and so enthralling to watch that the highlights that we've been seeing over the last couple of days, you, you reflect on what he actually achieved on the football field from pure skill and ability. And we've heard various comments from John Longmire, Tom Harley, and all those that have been associated with his football career about the competitiveness, the endurance athlete, the ability to get things done on the quick burst. He's been a, a sensational athlete and a rock star, which is one of the reasons why Sydney headhunted him, really, was to give some extra profile in the Harbour City. And mm. to throw a question at you, Dan, yeah. regarding Buddy, do you think the Sydney Swans would be where they're at in terms of their profile in the Harbour City had Buddy not arrived there in the early 2010s? Yeah, that's a hard one to answer because you, you don't know if they would have made, what, I think it was three grand finals whilst Buddy was playing. I still think it would be disappointing they didn't win one with him there, and that's not taking away from anything uh, in his career. Look, he, he was definitely the front and centre of the Sydney Swans. I, I think the money they spent on him, um, on publicity alone was probably worth it for the Swans. Look, Maddie, before Buddy joined, look, the Swans were still very well supported here, still very well liked uh, in Sydney. No doubt about that. They obviously uh, had won competitions. The, uh, was it the 2005 grand final was just sensational. But obviously, from a publicity point of view, uh, a lot of interest in Buddy Franklin. There has been all throughout his career, especially his time in Sydney. Would have loved to see him go out a winner or had won last year's grand final. Clearly, that didn't happen. But, yeah, I think the money invested in Buddy Franklin for the publicity alone is worth it. And it will be interesting now, especially if we get years where, and I know the Swans still are very much in finals contention at the moment, but especially if we have a couple of years where the Swans maybe do struggle, um, because it is probably sort of similar to with the Melbourne Storm. I know we'll talk about them in a second. Sort of lie uh, in the Melbourne public, um, maybe even a bit less than that. If the Swans are having a good year and they're top four with or without Buddy and they're in their grand final, people are going to support them. People are going to watch them. But if they're struggling, of course, the interest levels go down a little bit. So to have no big name like Buddy Franklin does, I think, hurt them a bit. But he's been sensational for AFL and sensational for AFL in Sydney. Who do you think is going to fill that void? And not just from a Swans perspective, because Buddy was the face mm. of AFL football in New South Wales mm. for a lot of people. Is it someone like a Toby Green? Yeah. Does he get the, the recognition that we give him in, in the AFL landscape? Is, is he the next 
central figure for New South Wales AFL? Well, it's interesting you mentioned Toby Green because Vossi said on uh, the breakfast show, show through SCN 1170 yesterday morning uh, that Toby Green, fantastic player, but still at least in Sydney and I'm sure in Queensland as well, doesn't have the uh, public figure of a Buddy Franklin. Now, people have heard of him. People know the name, obviously. If you support AFL week in, week out, you know how good of a player he is. But in terms of someone, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and people can text me on my text line if you think I'm wrong, but I would say a vast majority, and I won't put a percentage on it, but a vast majority of people, if Toby Green walked past him on the street, probably wouldn't recognise him. Whereas I think basically everyone that knows sport would know who Buddy Franklin is. So I think that's the difference. And that's no disrespect to Toby Green. I think that's just how big and important Buddy Franklin was to AFL in this city. So do you need another rock star is, is, the, is the question then? Because we hear all the time about the, the push into particularly Western Sydney. We see the crowds out at Giants Stadium, mm. not as strong as probably what we were hoping for mm. with the Giants now embedded into that region. So do you need another prominent rock star style figure? The one that comes to mind that is at the back end of the career is, is Dustin Martin. Mm. Do you need that kind of figure to be inserted into the New South Wales landscape for the AFL to remain prominent, to, to, to have some recognition for those that aren't necessarily drawn to the game. I think it would help, but I also think, to be honest, what happens on field is the most important thing for both of those clubs. Look, the Swans have been in Sydney for many years now. Uh, with or without Buddy Franklin, they're always going to have a fan base. GWS are playing very well at the moment as well on a winning streak. And we saw, what, only, what, three, four years ago, Maddie, when they made the grand final, uh, Sydney for the most part, I'm not sure if every Swans fan got behind GWS, but Sydney, for the most part, did get behind the Giants. They do get behind the Swans. So I think what happens on the field is most important um, because if both the Swans and GWS or one of them are doing well, they're going to get coverage. Um, but I think, no doubt, a big name would definitely help. But I think what happens on field is bit more important at the moment in terms of keeping to get that publicity, generating publicity and getting the crowds through the door, as I think they will continue to do, definitely uh, in terms of the Swans at the SCG. Um, the GWS Giants, I still think, have a fair way to go. So is it mission accomplished despite the lack of on-field mm. success? And when I say on-field success, premierships I'm specifically mm. referring to during the Franklin era, has it been mission mission accomplished? I think if you ask maybe the casual AFL fan in Sydney whose number one sport is NRL, they would probably say, well, they didn't win a competition with Buddy there, which is harsh, but it is true. But aside from that, I think everything else, I think he's done exactly what the AFL wanted him to do, what the Swans wanted him to do. But, gee, it would have been nice to see them win a premiership with him there, though, Buddy. Yeah, would have loved to have had an extra bit of mm. silverware. That would have really been the icing on the cake. Now, speaking of yes. silverware, yes. that's been an issue for our Melbourne Storm because of something that unfolded on Friday night. Do you care to explain what 
unfolded at Marvel Stadium because it's created a bit of angst amongst the AFL, uh, the NRL community. Mm, and especially a lot of Parramatta fans, which I do understand. So the Melbourne Storm, as they are well within their rights to do, they had a 25 years celebrating everything about the Melbourne Storm. They've been a wonderful club, won premierships. However, uh, the 2007 and 2009 premierships, they did win at the time. Uh, we know, and this happened, what, 13 years ago now, uh, it was stripped off them for uh, salary cap cheating. That was proven. It was all stripped off them. We know that happened. And people have long forgotten that that really even happened, maybe apart from the odd joke here and there. You, you forget about it. Um, but they decided not to just have the celebration with the players there, which I don't have a huge issue with. The players were part of that team. They did win the grand finals, but they also brought out some replica trophies, the 07 trophy, the 09 trophy. And to add, to add to it, they also were playing Parramatta, the team they beat in the 2009 grand final last Friday night in what was just a side note, a very impressive performance by the Melbourne Storm. Um, Cameron Smith has said, uh, has come out and defended it, as has Billy Slater. But there are a lot of people, firstly, making the point in Sydney, and I'm sure it's happening in Queensland as well, Maddie, is that this was long forgotten. Um, now, having done this on Friday night, it's brought it back into the front of people's minds, which I don't think really needed to happen. And I, I just, I, I don't know, have your old boys night, have a great time, whatever, but I, I just don't know for the trophies, especially bringing them out when at, at the end of the day, they were stripped of those premierships, whether you agree with it or not, that's what happened. Exactly right. And and is, is this an issue for the NRL? Because in the record books, there will be no premiership awarded for either of those years. So it, it creates this vulnerability on how the storm can acknowledge the situation considering that the trophies the actual trophies even though they were reclaimed by the nrl they haven't been redistributed well it is interesting as well because in the david milton yearbook and david milton the best stats guy around has been for many many years uh, loves his rugby league it says um something like in both 2007 and 2009 that the melbourne storm won the grand final, but in an asterisk that was later taken off them because they're stripped of that title for salary cap breaches. And I have a text here saying the NRL need to immediately award Manly and Para those premierships to take away the uncertainty of Melbourne having cheated the salary cap in those two years. Now, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is, I just, I just don't think whether it's, it's not the biggest issue in the world, um, but it's just caused uh, a story that didn't really even need to be had. And it's brought all this back up 13 years later when it was long forgotten. Yeah, it's a, it's opened a can of worms. And as you pointed out, it, it's right for the club to be able to acknowledge the teams that did generate mm. a level of success in those years, despite the premierships not being theirs, according to the record books. And I think... You have to respect that as much as you respect what the team did achieve in those seasons. Mm. It's the fact that, okay, we copped a penalty, and I know that there's still some heartache over subsequent teams that have had similar sorts of issues and the, the, the penalties haven't been as harsh as what were applied to the Melbourne Storm. But you have to live with what the league has handed you. Unfortunately, that's the situation that they're in. So I agree. I think it would have been appropriate for the Melbourne Storm to acknowledge the teams and the players that were involved in the grand final victories, mm. but to have replica premiership cups just doesn't 
doesn't sit comfortably. Even no. as as a neutral looking on, it's it's almost as if there's some sort of right or entitlement that doesn't really exist because, unfortunately, that's what the record book stands. And look, Cameron Smith said on Breakfast with uh, Andrew Voss and Trent Copeland, who's filling in for Brandy at the moment, uh, on Monday that he respects and he understands other people's opinions, but that doesn't necessarily uh, mean that they shouldn't be able to do it. And we don't know how they feel about it either in terms of the Melbourne Storm players that were part of that team in 07 and 09. And look, this isn't trying to take anything away from how good the Melbourne Storm have been. And even after that, they've won premierships, they've been in grand finals uh, before that as well. But that, yeah, it it just, to to me, they didn't need to do it. Um, It's not the worst thing in the world. I'm sort of surprised, to be honest with you, Maddie, because uh, before we move on, when I saw it on Friday night, I thought, oh, this will get some discussion. It was discussed a bit on social media. Um, and then I thought it would have just died over the weekend, but it's been one of the main talking points, um, along with probably the NRL, RLPA stuff that's still going on this week. Um, in a week that we've had the Ashes, we've had the Women's World Cup, we've got a very exciting run home to the finals. A lot of people have been wanting to talk about this. And I, I guess if you're a Parramatta fan or a Manly fan, um, yeah, you'd be a bit annoyed seeing that, I reckon, after what unfolded all those years ago. Yeah, and if anything, you, you use the, the the heartache of that period for the Melbourne Storm. It, it kind of galvanised them for the subsequent years and the subsequent premierships that they were able to achieve. So, if anything, you'd be more reflecting on the, the ability to respond as a club mm. rather than exactly achieving those, although I know there's all sorts of other circumstances, particularly from a playing group point of view. So you can understand why they wanted to acknowledge it, but whether it was appropriate or not, I think there is a question mark over that. What Mm. there is no question mark over, Mm. though, is a report this morning regarding Ryan Pappenhausen. Can we finally get excited, Dan, down here? Yeah, well, he's been out for over a year now, probably about 13 months. There was a lot of talk at the start of the season, wasn't it, Matty, that... Uh, he'll be back in about six weeks. And there were some people saying he might not be back at all this year or he might be back in the middle of the year. No one really knew what was going on. But he, he is back, all being well, he is back this weekend uh, through the Queensland Cup, through the Sunshine Coast of Falcons. Um, it'll be interesting. Now, hopefully, first things first, he get through the match uh, um, full, fully fit. It'll be interesting how quick, and we are coming towards the business end of the season as well, if he gets through that match and he plays well, as you'd expect him to do, although I'm sure he will be a bit rusty after more than a year out, how long it will take for Melbourne to bring him back into the first grade lineup? We saw them on Friday night have a great win over Parramatta, 46 points at 16. That, though, they did lose, of course, the week before against the Newcastle Knights in a bit of a shock loss. And I think one of the things you can say about the Melbourne Storm this year, Matty, is... Um, without being harsh, they have been a little up and down, but they're still very much in contention to win the competition. And to have a fully fit Ryan Pappenhausen back, playing his best footy towards the back end of the year and into the finals will be a huge boost for the Melbourne Storm. So intriguing to see how they play this one out. Let's hope he gets through the game well. And then let's see when he does come back for the Melbourne Storm. I know there would be surely a temptation to play him at next week. I wonder if they'll leave it maybe a couple of weeks to see when he is back, but surely he'd have to get a few games before the finals. It would be a massive boost for the Melbourne Storm if he can return. And not only that, I know we're getting a bit giddy about the fact that he could be back on the park for the Melbourne Storm and the impact that he could have 
in regards to the 2023 Premiership season. But we we have to reflect on what this man has been through over the course of the last, well, over 12 months, considering the rehab that he's been through, the delays, the, 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 the toll that it's taken on him just to get to this point is extraordinary. And I remember hearing him when he's been interviewed down here on uh, 1116 SEN about the, the mindset that he's had to approach and, and to ensure that, okay, if, if I am going to be playing, I want to be playing because I'm ready to go, mm. not just because I'm fit to go. And, and talking about all that preparation and the mindset to be able to achieve that, it, it's an extraordinary story. So for him to even be back on the park, that, that is in itself a, a magnificent achievement. And if he can make it back at NRL level... Hmm. That's that's extraordinary. And just before you move on as well, you look at the favourites for the premiership at the moment, Penrith, the Broncos are playing very well. Um, people, I think, have Melbourne as a premiership contender, mainly due for due for respect uh, than anything else, down to respect than anything else. But I think if you can throw a fully fit Ryan Pappenhausen in, and the other thing about it, Matty, is let's say he gets through the next couple of weeks or whenever they do decide to bring him back, He's going to be very fresh. He's going to be probably fresher than 99.9% of the players that have played 22, 23, 24 games by that stage of the season. It is a huge boost for Melbourne. And just uh, another thing to say, they could go on a bit of a run at the end of the season. It'll be tricky. They've got some good opposition to come up against. But, yeah, interesting to see. Hey, I just want to ask you about one quick thing before we finish off with the uh, football and the cricket. Eddie Maguire um, has come out, and I know we've had this discussion before. Um, Channel 9 won an award at the Logies the other day uh, for their State of Origin coverage, which was fantastic. He wants an AF, the AFL Grand Final to be like the NRL Grand Final and not just played at night, but played on a Sunday night. What do you make of those comments from Eddie? That's a regurgitation <laughs> of a story. That's... <laughs> Eddie's been on a fierce push in the last couple of weeks in particular through his various platforms to shift the AFL grand final, not only to a prime time nighttime slot, Mm. but to a Sunday night to make use of, well, this is the the prime viewing time, particularly for people that are at home and, and watching television so that to get as many eyeballs on it as possible and then you can have the public holiday, which we have on a Friday currently. It would be then be on a Monday if his theory came to fruition. Mm. I can understand the logic behind it, but mm. I don't think it's happening. And the new or the incoming CEO, Andrew Dillon, has indicated that we'll be remaining in the 2.10 or 2.20 or 2.40, whatever time we kick off now, but that afternoon time slot for the AFL Grand Final, at least in the short term. I would have thought there would have been a move towards the twilight. I think mm. that's the closest that we're going to get to any sort of nighttime Grand Final. But he's certainly on a, a fierce push, Eddie, yeah. at the moment. But I don't see it coming to fruition in the short term. Who knows what's going to happen in the long term, particularly with the way our broadcast rights is set up when the new contract comes into effect from 2025, I think it is off the top of my head, mm. um, whether there's any changes that result in there, particularly for demands for the, from the broadcasters, but I don't 
I don't see it changing anytime soon. And I think if I ask my listeners right now, in terms of an NRL point of view, whether they would like the nighttime grand final or before a daytime grand final, and we've done this before, I reckon the vast majority of people would text in saying daytime grand final. And you can text me if you want. I think the nighttime grand final still divides people. And I love the headline on uh, the Wide World of Sports website saying this photo proves why it has to be a nighttime grand final. It was a photo of James Bracey, Danica Mason, and Alana Ferguson from the Channel 9 Rugby League coverage. So there you go. Uh, just before I let you go, Manny, what a great uh, night of sport and early morning of sport it was, Monday night, Tuesday morning. We had a wonderful Witten by the Matildas in front of a packed crowd uh, there in Melbourne. And then the cricket, I know England won, but that's an amazing Monday night of sport. And we get to do it again to an extent this Monday night coming up because the Matildas back in action in another dual-die clash against Denmark Monday night, 830 yeah, phenomenal, wasn't it? And mm. for them to I described it yesterday morning as they had their backs up against the wall. Mm. They were under all sorts of pressure because of the, the home World Cup circumstance because they haven't had a great deal of success in major tournaments up until this point in, in recent history. So the, mm. they had all this pressure on them. And then they not only proved that they were capable against the Olympic gold medalist, yeah. they thrashed them. Mm. They absolutely smashed. They were attacking. They were they were what we've wanted to see from this Matilda's group going forward. So fantastic that they were able to get the job done. And I wonder now whether that, that gives them the rhythm to, to get through the next part of, of the tournament. And from a, a cricket perspective, it was a little bittersweet. Mm. I remember looking over at the... the 40 Winks temper text yesterday morning and seeing all sorts of uh, reaction, particularly to the ball, um, which yesterday morning I wasn't necessarily across, but everyone educated me fairly <laughs> quickly. And it, that is a, an interesting circumstance, but it, it adds to the, to the tale of what has been a, a phenomenal series. And I think when you take a step back, when you get out of the weeds of, what has unfolded in this fifth and final test match and, and Australia's probably letting go of the momentum that they had early in the series. When you reflect on the, the five matches of the Ashes and if you loop in the, the World Test Championship, the six matches from this tour of the UK, mm. it has been an extraordinary entertainment, incredibly engaging and that's what you want test cricket to be. If anything, it's proven that this format of the game, despite all the threats from T20 competitions around the world and the money being thrown around at the best players, test cricket for me is still the best format. And we've seen it over the last seven weeks as to why that's the case. 100%. It's just sad it's all over now and you have to wait yes. quite some time well, until the next uh, Ashes series in the UK. I think it's four years away. It's not so sad when you can actually get some proper sleep. True, which I true. I think I'm looking yes, forward to. Yes, me too. Well, I know me a number too. of people mm. out there are probably yes. looking forward to. Good point. Very yes, well, Matt. Good, good way to finish. Thank you, Matty. I'll speak to you next week. Yes. I look forward you, to it. You enjoy a couple of days off. Thank you. I'll see you in Melbourne. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Matty Cox, they're talking all things sport. He will uh, be back with me next Wednesday. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Happy to, uh, if you want to buy into any of that, that we just spoke to Matty about over the course of uh, the next little uh, bit before the breakfast shows, whether you want to talk about the Melbourne Storm stuff, whether you want to talk about buddies, you can still pay tribute to him. If you want to talk about the grand final, uh, I still think that, um, and we know uh, in recent days, in fact, I think grand final tickets, NRL grand final tickets just went on sale recently. 
Um, we know that that has been locked in again for another year in Sydney, just this year for now. But I, I still think if you went out, spoke to every NRL fan, daytime, nighttime, grand final. Now, I personally, I don't mind the nighttime grand final. Um, but there are a lot of people, and I think I'd be in the minority, I think the majority would be saying daytime grand final. Happy for you to buy into that one. Or oh, anything else, uh, Latrell Mitchell, Phil Gould believes that Latrell Mitchell hasn't stood up yet in the big moments at the business end of the season. Um, now, he hasn't won a competition with South Sydney. South Sydney made the grand final in 2021. He wasn't there, it has to be said. But he was a big part of the Roosters' premierships in 18 and 19. And as I said at the top of the show, I think if... Latrell Mitchell is not there in 2019, throwing that flick pass to uh, Luke Keary, I think it was. The Roosters may not go on to win that premiership. So to say he hasn't stood up in the big moments, I think a little harsh. But I, I, I think he's capable of doing it. I'm sure South Sydney waiting for him to do it, whether that be this year or in the next few years, we'll have to wait and see. Do you think Latrell Mitchell can win a competition at South Sydney? Simple question. Yes or no? 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. We'll update you on the Women's World Cup on the other side of this break. Just another quick one as well. Uh, Magic Ground, which seems only two seconds ago, but it was actually three months ago, uh, almost to the day uh, that Magic Ground happened. So we're not that far away from the next one. Well, we're still about nine months away, but it's still not that long away. It'll come around quickly. Uh, now, Perth and Adelaide are preparing bids to attempt to take the NRL's Magic Round from Brisbane. Now, Suncorp Stadium again hosted the marquee event this year, as we know, and holds the rights for next year's edition. And Queensland is keen to extend their relationship, but sources with the knowledge of the situation um, have told the Sydney Morning Herald uh, that the competition will come from Western Australia and South Australian governments from 2025 onwards. Now, we know there's some NRL games in Perth across the course of this weekend. Um, up to 50,000 spectators are expected to, to attend the Dolphins, Knights and Rabbitohs Sharks fixtures. A strong turnout will uh, boost Perth's prospects of poaching Magic Round and earning an NRL licence, although we know PNG are uh, probably still ahead of them there. Four Premier League teams were hosted last year at Optus Stadium, two this year as well as State of Origin matches, Bledisloe Cup matches, a cricket test and two Coldplay shows. Adelaide will also submit a strong pitch, having hosted the opening game of the Origin Series this year, as well as successfully hosting the AFL's Gather Round. WA Rugby League Chief Executive John Saxon said the staging of a Magic Round in Perth would boost the state's hopes of becoming the NRL's 18th franchise. He, would, he said, I would love to have Magic Round in the city. It would be a massive turning point for the code here. Perth is well and truly in the consideration for an 18th franchise when the powers that be choose for that to happen. Any event like this would enhance the chances of Perth and strengthen the foundations of the game here. The city would host an event like that really well. Well, as I said a few months ago, um, and same with the gather round in the AFL, uh, I think any state government would love to have, and he's not from the state government, but any state government would love to have Magic Round in your city. The, the money that the Queensland government must make and Queensland as a whole um, each and every year uh, is amazing. And I don't think they'll be wanting to let go of it. I still think Brisbane do it so well, but it will be interesting to see if the NRL are tempted to move it around. Brisbane, I think, still the perfect place to hold it. But we'll see after next year whether the NRL are a little tempted to move it to Perth, to Adelaide, Sydney, New Zealand might be another option, or do they keep it in Brisbane? Would you like to see Magic Round moved around? 
or would you like just to keep it in Brisbane? If you've been, I'd love to hear from you. one 300 1170 It's 16 to 6. 11 and a half to 6. Women's World Cup yesterday. Netherlands 7 over Vietnam nil. I watched this Portugal-USA game. The USA very lucky uh, to even get through. Two-time champions. Nil-nil in the end. So they do make it through. Portugal hit uh, the post um, with uh, in, in, in injury time. Uh, could have got the win late. It was a sensational game. Uh, but in the end, the United States just do enough to get over. Uh, we'll get into the uh, next stage. Netherlands and United States top that group. Portugal can count themselves very unlucky. It was very exciting. Last night, Denmark 2 over Haiti nil. England, uh, they won the Euros last year and they smashed China 6-1 last night, uh, which means uh, Australia's uh, opponent next week locked in. Denmark Saturday at uh, Saturday, uh, Monday, 8.30. Monday at 8.30. England, though, 6-1. Very impressive. More games today. Four games again today. South Africa up against Italy at 5 o'clock. Argentina will play Sweden at 5 o'clock as well. Sweden and Italy leading that group. Sweden on six. Italy on three. Argentina and South Africa, though, on one point each. So still a fairly wide open group there with South Africa playing Italy and Argentina playing Sweden. And then tonight at 8 o'clock, Jamaica will play Brazil and Panama will play France. And that uh, is where France and Jamaica are leading that group on four. Brazil on three. Panama haven't won a game yet, but uh, Jamaica, Brazil, Panama, France. So that'll be an interesting game between Jamaica and Brazil, the winner of that going through to the knockout stages. So another exciting day in the Women's World Cup. You can hear all of it right here on SDN and the SEN Network. Five and a half to six. Chookman says on the text, Hi, Dan. I think Gus meant standing up for Souths in the finals as a leader in relation to Luttrell. At the Roosters, he was a young gun in a great side. Yeah, look, no doubt. But I still think he was a big part of the Roosters premierships. Uh, yes, hasn't played enough finals football for Souths for different reasons, but still, I think, very capable of winning a premiership for South Sydney. Thank you, Chookman. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle says, as a manly fan, I've sort of gotten over uh, the whole salary cap thing, but when they parade the trophies around and how they've reacted to the backlash to me feels like they're just uh, giving everyone the middle finger. I thought it was just poor form. And this one from Peach to finish us off this morning. Luttrell is one of the great players that are going to keep Souths heading to the grand final. He's fantastic. And that's coming from a one-eyed Manly fan. That regards Peach. And Jason says, I hope Melbourne gets magic round in the NRL. Thank you for your company today. Patton Hills coming up for breakfast in Queensland after 6 o'clock. Vossi and Trent Copeland for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. I'll catch you back here tomorrow morning in NRL preview with Charlie Goodsir and we'll cross to America with Chris Perkins. Have a great